He's kind of like the Joe Rogan of the hospitality industry right now. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to a special bonus episode as I'm getting ready to go to Spain for scale rentals with the Good Morning Hospitality crew. So I wanted to get this out there sooner than later. This was a discussion that was a live discussion that we posted on LinkedIn, Facebook, all the social media stuff. And it's going into the discussion of short-term rentals versus vacation rentals. And I hate using the word versus because I see there are many similarities between the two segments of our industry, but not everyone sees every side in the same light. So this was a discussion between Amy Highnote, Steve Milo, Eric Moeller, Matt Landau, Michael Shogren, and myself on the differences and similarities of short-term rentals and vacation rentals and how the industry can come together as one industry rather than multiple segments of this industry. So just for fair warning, this conversation does get somewhat tense and can be a little bit maybe uncomfortable for those who don't like different opinions or confrontation, anything like that. But it was a great conversation and I hope you all take something away. I want to try something though. If you're listening to this episode and you have anything to add to this conversation, we want to try and get to have as many slick talk voices out there. And so if you go into the show notes, you'll see an email. It's info at hospitality.fm. If you put in the subject line, let's talk, then share your thoughts in the email. We'll do our best to get back to you and even include you in a recording for another discussion like this. So check it out in the show notes and now get ready to kick off this episode discussing the differences and the landscape between short-term rentals and vacation rentals. You're listening to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast, a podcast for those who are in and around the hospitality industry who love, live, and breathe what they do. You can join us for candid and unscripted conversations with hospitality experts and founders as we go deeper into their personal stories while they're sharing their triumphs and trials that got them to where they are today. I'm your host, Will Slickers, and you're listening to an episode of Slick Talk, the Hospitality Podcast. Now, let's begin. All right, everybody. I am super excited to kick off this live broadcast. We are hitting it pretty much right out the gates. We are going to jump into a conversation discussing the difference between short-term rentals and vacation rentals and the landscape behind the whole industry and what really sparked this conversation, which was a post posted by our one and only true Jessica Singer who wanted to kind of bring up this discussion for many reasons in the sense of we hear a lot about short-term rental hosts or Airbnb hosts and the traditional professional VRM or vacation rental manager and how we have some differences, but a lot of similarities. And one of the comments from Ben Day over at Jetstream 
uh, kind of started tagging that maybe we should get this group together. And so joining me on this live discussion, we have Amy Highnote, Steve Milo, Matt Landau, Mike Shogren, and Eric Muller. So I'm going to bring everybody up on stage. And just to kind of set the tone for everyone that is tuning into the live, we are going to take some comments and questions near the end of the conversation, just so that way everyone is able to make the points and maybe have the conversation that we all want to have before jumping into maybe other side topics that get brought up. So just to give everyone that heads up and a little bit of courteous there. And now let's welcome everybody to the virtual stage. How are we doing, everyone? You guys ready to rock? Dude, I'm ready. This is awesome. Steve, my yeah, Steve Milo made the comment. He's ready to bring the fire and I can see it in his eyes right now. So before we get to that, um, I want to open up this conversation with you, Amy. Uh, I know you and I got the first time to have the opportunity to speak on Monday, which was an awesome pleasure for me. But you made a couple points throughout that conversation that were super inspiring and thoughtful in the sense of where the discussion probably should start. And it goes around defining short-term rental, vacation rental. And so I would love to have you open up with your thoughts. And if you even want to introduce yourself for any viewers that may or may not know how much of a legend you are in this space. Oh yeah. Let me tell you how much of a legend. I am. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my name is Amy Highnote. I'm the editor of VRM Intel. Um, we do events and um, media for the vacation rental industry did actually i've been taking a break since september for some personal reasons so i'm just getting back fired up so i'm a little out of the loop so um I'm, part of the reason i want to do this is to catch up on on what's going on there's been a lot of movement on the str front so just really wanted to kind of have this conversation and meet you guys and um, and really you know um expand my view of the industry so mm-hmm. i'm looking to learn is um more than anything but i think that yeah, my experience in the industry goes back a little bit, as as do Milo and um, Matt Landau over here. And I think the short we had a real hard time defining this industry once Airbnb came on the scene. I mean, it was the vacation rental industry, and they were largely condos, homes, chalets, and cabins in beach, lake, mountain regions. And that's pretty much what this industry has been. It existed before Airbnb. It existed before Verbo. Um, and you know, so there was a lot of, there was some territorial mindset behind it. You know, I mean, all of us kind of felt that way. There was a hijacking in the industry when Verbo came on the scene, another one when Airbnb came on the scene, there's another one coming, might I add, you know, it's like at one point Airbnb will be old and we'll laugh about this. Just like we don't talk about TripAdvisor and Flippy anymore. <laughs> so it's like being, this industry continues to evolve and change. And part of that reason is the market conditions fluctuate. So demand fluctuates weather fluctuates, um, real estate prices fluctuate, real estate interest rates, you know, fluctuate. So there's a formula here that shifts over time. So the dynamic of supply shifts over time. But I think that when the media started coming into this industry and we started seeing a lot of funding come in, um, then we, everyone's kind of looked to identify the market size largely for pitch decks, right? <laughs> you know, I mean, all these people wanted to raise money. And so to do that, they wanted to show a pretty large market size. So then we started labeling this industry. Also, this is going on in Europe too. So it's like, there's this whole holiday let, holiday rental, um, holi- um, service department industry over there that had to come together in the same way over here. We've got short-term rentals, alternative accommodations, 
shared spaces and vacation rentals and and people just really kind of grouped it together. The media did it to try to have an umbrella term and the research companies did it to try to measure the market and the the vendor, I mean, the technology companies did it to try to get funding. So here we are in this massive umbrella. The consumer has no clue what it is. Of course, they're just going to call it Airbnbs, you know, like, I mean, we don't even know. We have professionally managed vacation rentals. We have short-term rental operators. These are four-word terms. They just don't work. But we've never really been able to do that. Another thing is that word traditional. You know, like I've been in the traditional vacation rental industry. That's a word that we kind of used as a combative term to the phrase mom and pop. Hmm. You know, we had Airbnb, short-term rentals, and mom and pop. So we kind of fell back on traditional as being a way to explain it. And I don't think that was the right word either. So we've all kind of gotten stuck in these terms that I don't think make a lot of sense anymore. And I, I'm really looking forward to this conversation to try to kind of figure out from a media standpoint how to address this market. For sure. Well, I, uh, I have some thoughts, but I want to open up the floor for maybe Steve or Eric, Mike, Matt, if any of you guys want to kind of put a hand up and, and take, uh, take the next stab. But do you guys feel like we are properly defined in the sense of short-term rental versus vacation rental? Does it matter by destination? Does it matter by property type and service type? What is kind of your thoughts around, you know, defining what we are? Hmm. Uh, yeah, I'll touch on that a bit. Um, I mean, I think that's always been the last, you know, seven, eight, nine years has been the biggest debate, right? Airbnb, short-term rentals, traditional vacation rentals, all that stuff. And it typically is the, uh, the industry that gets caught up with all these, uh, phrases, right. And it's not necessarily the guest, right. And <clears throat> what, what we're noticing now, and really for my company, what we're doing now with Freewild, we're tapping into those, I hate to use a the word traditional, but that's what we we'll call them now is like traditional uh, vacation rental markets. And we're bringing our short-term rental business into those markets, right? Um, and we look at it a little bit differently of how we're approaching the uh, the model, how we're running the business and how we're connecting with the guest, right? Um, so for me, it's always, it's now I feel like the guest has, their experience has evolved or their, their the, the experience that they're looking for has evolved. Uh, and I don't think they really care who they go to and what we call each other, but it's really kind of what the new standards are in travel that they're seeking. Right. And I feel like this is something within just the last two years that we see it start changing to where they're looking to connect with brands they're looking to connect with certain type of experiences, uh, that they're seeking. Um, but also what I'm noticing, especially recently, it, the guests are moving away from calling things just Airbnb. Right. So to your point, Amy, of just like, you know, I'm staying at an Airbnb, but you're actually staying at, you know, a mom and pop, you know, short term rental, whatever it is. But these new companies that are coming out like Wander, right, like they're touching this. They're connecting with this new traveler, this younger traveler that are seeking these like amazing experiences and connecting with the brand. And now they're calling those Wander stays. Right. And they're calling the getaway stay, you know, uh, experiences, I'm, I'm going to a getaway, right? So I'm starting to see that shift. And that's just maybe that's just in my small little world here. Um, but yeah, I, I noticed like the industry uh, and professionals, we get caught up on what we call it, what we call ourselves and what we call the industry. But really the the guest itself, we're, I, I'm just starting to see on my side, 
uh, and again, that's just the wor- world that I'm in. They're they're really seeking to touch base with with the brand and the modern short term rental experience. And I could break that down what that means to me. Um, but yeah, those just my two cents on, on I mean, all I that. I totally agree. I mean, taking out the umbrella term of short term rentals. I mean, if we're just going to divide out like what we all colloquial know as short term rentals versus vacation rentals right now. I mean, part of the discussion is important because of the education piece of it, the standards and stuff like that. Like, I mean, the guest confusion, I think lodging, all lodging types are based on the use, right? If they're going for leisure or for business or for, you know, whatever reason, it's the same hotels are lodging, we're lodging, you're lodging, you know. Um, So there's a place for all those things, just like there are with RVs and bed and breakfast and the whole world there. I think that, you know, some of the difficulty with the guests is they don't know which they're booking. And I'm just giving you an example right now. I'm in Kissimmee in one. I'm in an individually owned and operated Airbnb um, and booked on Airbnb, by the way, for research purposes only, Steve. And um, (laughs) I mean, but, you know, Kissimmee has both. Kissimmee is one of those towns, those cities that has both vacation rentals and short term rentals. The one I'm in is not what is. I mean, it checks off all the boxes of the host on Airbnb, but they've done every single thing as cheaply as possible. You know what I mean? This is a place to stay. It is a long-term rental that is furnished and um, I can book it for under 30 days. You know, it, it checks off those boxes. Is it a vacation rental? I mean, I wouldn't consider it that. So I think that's one of the things I think that there are a Mm. lot of short-term rentals out there that are actually vacation rentals, you know, where they, people go to enjoy it. They go as the, the home is the destination, you know what I mean? They go for leisure purposes. And I don't think I'm in one just for the record. Can can you clarify that a little bit? Just like what that means to you as far as like the difference between, and I think we all know what you're talking about, like that we call them side hustle hosts that, you know, just kind of put anything in a property and just get it up on Airbnb and start booking versus a vacation rental. What is that difference for you? I'm looking around now. I'm just like, (laughs) (laughs) this is what it means. Um, It's like, okay. So to me, it's, Again, going back to the products, right? The product doesn't make it a hospitality product. You know, what makes it a hospitality experience is what people, what the the property manager or the owner or the operator does. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this situation, um, I believe it's the three things, product, place, and people. You know what I mean? You've got the product in terms of what the house is like, what the home, the property is like, the spaces, all that kind of stuff, the amenities. Then you've got the the place in terms of geographic location. Is it a leisure location? Is it a, you know, a leisure destination? And then the use, are are people coming to stay in it for leisure purposes? And I think when when those things come together, that's kind of what, like Will's got one in Seattle, you know what I mean? That is totally a vacation rental destination. People go to Seattle for leisure purposes. And, you know, that's not just because he's urban doesn't make him solely SDR. Hmm. So I think that, that kind of like that, product the place and the the use of from the people coming i think that's kind of what that what makes up what we all have that connotation in our head of is being a short-term rental versus vacation rental it's interesting that you you're comparing it that way because just like from my point of view to me it just sounds like a bad product like it's just not a not a great not a great property but i guess the way that i always looked at it was all vacation rentals are essentially short-term rentals, but not necessarily all short-term rentals are vacation rentals. And what I mean by that is like, 
I've got a uh, property in Kissimmee. I've got some up in the mountains. I've got some like beach properties, but then I also have some more like the suburban ones and like, you know, more business travel, things like that. They're all short-term rentals, but I wouldn't call like my, you know, two bedroom units that cater to like business travel or relocations or whatever as a vacation rental. They're just a short-term rental, but what I do see happening. And I talked about this last month, um, was like, I think one of the biggest risks to the industry in general is the lack of standardization, like you talked about, right? Like you're in a traditional vacation rental market. You've got really good products with really good guest experience versus like Eric talked about like that side hustle host that just kind of like threw some cheap furniture and things like that. Those properties are not going to last over the next couple of years. Like a lot of people got in the game. And in my opinion, I don't necessarily define a short-term rental as like a, a poor experienced vacation rental. I just think of it's more of like the traveler type that you're catering to versus like an STR or a midterm rental or whatever. It's more of like the demographic who's traveling or what purpose they're traveling for. I agree with that. Yeah. I agree yeah. With that too. And you're right. I mean, I totally understand where you're coming from that standardization piece of it. And the hospitality side of it, too. It's not just the yeah. product. I mean, yeah. I, I have an, a list of messages to the host on Airbnb that have not even been responded to. You know, I mean, again, I don't want to use my personal experiences. That, but you know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. you know, it's just kind of a compare contrast moment. But I do think that one of the reasons that the traditional industry from an education standpoint doesn't actually embrace this whole STR world, you know what I mean? Like, we probably should, is that it, we... D- the exact the same thing that Mike just said. It's like, you know, we I don't know that a lot of people think a lot of these will be around for a long time. Well, I I mean to touch on that, I mean, I think the the way that I, I've always viewed this and I agree with what you said, Mike, like, you know, there's vacation rentals and you know, short-term rentals, but at the end of the day, it's, it's always the same thing, right? We're in the hospitality industry. So like, to me, I don't think it really matters if we're servicing properties and travelers that are okay. going on vacation. Well, I, I would like, I'd like to push back on this. On um, the hospitality? Yes. I, I think there's a number of hosts that aren't in the hospitality business. They're in the make as much money as quickly sure. as they can business. Yeah. And I think, if we take a look at where things have split, there used to be professional property managers and there used to be rent by owners. And there was a pretty distinctive um, aspect to each. Um, You know, what's blurred the line has been this use of the word host and, um, and then super host, which seemingly means different things to different people. But at the end of the day, Professional property managers, yes, we are interested in making money, but first and foremost, we have standards. Um, Most of us belong to professional organizations. Um, A lot of uh, us are licensed real estate agents or brokers. And, um, you know, we, we obviously run by laws of ethics and um, our hospitality oriented businesses. And, you know, the hosts that have come up and are at these STR wealth conferences and the rah-rah about making money, that's what's really caused uh, a division here between what our professional property managers who have associations, have certification, have um, education, 
and those who are just in it to make money as fast as they can, irregardless of the experience of the guests. That's an interesting point. I so, would like to to jump in before we actually go down this hole due to the fact of the drop of the STR Wealth Conference. I do want to make sure that we are keeping this clean, respectful, and all these other routes. Um, and I do want to make sure that we're all just following that guideline because we are hospitality professionals and we are supposed to have conversation. So I will just say that and then I will let exciting. I love it. Let's go. Yeah. Only, only 18 minutes in and here we go. So I, uh, I'll open it up, but yes, I just want to make that statement where we're trying to make sure we don't throw too many, too many jabs. Yeah. And Mike, I know you have something to just to interject real quick on that. I mean, I think that's the the major debate within the industry, right? Of the vacation rental uh, community uh, that's been around and that's been in the space for so long, being disrupted by new technology and a new way of running this industry. Of course, there's people that are focused on making money, and that's in any industry. You look at the restaurant industry, you look at any hospitality industry uh, sector, you always have that. And that's never going to go away, no matter what kind of standards we put there, right? But now there's a new standard coming up for the traveler and the way that we run business that I think is really interesting. And that's that's the internal uh, industry debate, uh, from my opinion, from what I'm seeing here. I don't think we're too concerned about disruption from host. I've been to conferences where there's host and the majority of them don't even have their own website. Um, I ask them if they run financial statements again, the vast majority can't even raise their hand about budgets or variance reporting. Um, the software they've used typically starts with an Airbnb account. So I don't think that hosts are disrupting every, anything other than particularly municipalities where they are, where they've not behaved well and they're causing uh, those municipalities to crack down on uh, vacation rentals, which has created frictions. Um, you know, for the most part, V-Trips operates in resort leisure markets. The hosts are really not a factor. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, the issue is the companies uh, that are professional property managers are in it for the long run. These get quick hosts in some cases now they're stuck with these things. Um, they don't really care about the guest experience and they certainly don't care about the impact that they're creating on communities and uh, some of the um, regulations that they're, that they're creating by the, their disruption. And that is the disruption when they disrupt neighborhoods with bad practices. Yeah, I'll just, I don't want to put everybody in the buckets because, and again, in my experience, like, I've got a property in Reunion in one of like the nicest resorts down there. And some of the, I'm not going to call out names, but some of the larger property managers in there, they're not doing a good job. And like, if you read their reviews and you look at like the hosts that they're or the owners that they're working for, like there's a ton of deferred maintenance. They're not getting back to guests. And I know, cause I rented one in my neighborhood to host a mastermind event a couple months ago. And I tried to get in touch with the management company. I couldn't get in touch with them. So I don't think it's necessarily the big dogs versus the new blood or whatever. I think, like I said before, it's just like creating this standard of like, where are we going? And like, how do we set a standard of like, this is best practice. This is what you should be doing. If you're not going to live up to that, 
you're not going to be in business very long, like period. There, there are standards. I mean, the VRMA, Vacation Rental Manager Association, has been around for over 30 years. There's accreditation. Uh, there's educational tracks. Um, there are state organizations. Uh, I'm involved in several that are also um, in place to lift standards. Um, so it's not for a lack of professionalism. It's because most hosts don't really care uh, about the long-term ramification to the industry. Again, they're in it for making money as fast as they can. I've talked to some of these people and now that they found out that it's harder than they think. And also they're scared now because of the regulation issues that they brought on themselves. Now all of a sudden they're raising their hand for help, but you know, the disruption they've created has been self-inflicted. And that's why professional property managers, are pretty unhappy with some of these people who've come in and think, oh, we're disrupting stuff. No, you guys don't even know how to use technology, let alone create your own website. I to mean, be clear, Steve, the first time I interviewed you was what, nine or 10 years ago? And you were an individual homeowner who couldn't <laughs> find a property manager to manage your home the way that you thought it was quality. And that's, that's right. how you got into this business to begin with. You were 16, one of 16 years ago started off with one property and by the time i hit 20 properties i joined fvrma and by the time i was at 50 properties i joined vrma but that's and, not, they're saying the exact same things then that you said about the industry then i mean you're they're saying the same things now that you said about well them. i haven't seen the the vast majority of hosts that i've met uh indicate that they're interested in in the long-term aspects let alone joining advocacy groups and participating in those advocacy discussions and putting money into, you know, those advocacy groups to fight for uh, fair regulations in part because they've disrupted things. I mean, if they're here to, to play and they're here to stay, then, you know, I'm interested in them actually joining associations and organizations that exist and participating. Can I can I ask real quick, Mike and, and Eric, are your in your communities, are people actively participating in advocacy? Yeah. And I mean, how many of them? Eric and I are real close with Dave Krause and both of our communities are active with Dave and rent responsibly and all those guys. So Yeah. Yeah, I, I was gonna touch on that is like, you know, from my experience of coaching a few thousand hosts over the years, and I know Mike with his community, Matt with your community, you know, I don't want to touch on your experiences, but on my side the majority of the students that come through our programs that we've worked with over the years are focused on building hospitality brands. And maybe that's because that's a message that I put out into the world that we're in a hospitality business first, right? Always. Um, so it's, I understand what you're saying, Steve. It's, uh, but I don't, it, I, to Mike's point, I putting every single host in that bucket, I think is a, uh, just not an accurate statement to make because I feel the industry is shifting towards that hospitality side. There, there's some exceptions. Up, they disappear. There, there may be some exceptions, but those are very small exceptions. Look, I'm involved in uh, the Texas uh, Advocacy State Coalition where we're getting a preemption bill uh, literally running through the House and it just passed uh, and hopefully through the Senate uh, next week um, to preempt local governments from zoning out um, vacation rentals. And we had multiple fundraising events throughout Texas. We had it in Dallas. We had it in um, Austin. 
We had it in Port Aransas. Uh, Matt actually attended one um, at the uh, Frisco Cowboy facility. And we had some short-term hosts show up, a handful, and none of them donated money. They ate the food, they drank the uh, alcohol, but they didn't donate any money. It was embarrassing. And it's hard to uh, take people seriously when they show up at our events that we, we host. And not only do they not donate money, but then they disappear. And then they come back and say, well, we need help in Fort Worth or we need help in Dallas. And it's like, okay, do you understand what preemption does? Instead of fighting at the local level, we take it to the state level. We, if we pass a bill at the state level, that means the local governments can't zone you away. And this is something where we can't even get hosts to uh, understand, let alone donate. I mean, I, I understand there's passion and that's great, but passion doesn't uh, pay for lobbyists. It doesn't put money into um, leadership that helps uh, get bills through House and Senate and executive. Um, you know, it takes money. And we have not seen hosts put hardly anything into advocacy. And by the way, I started the uh, national advocacy, the VRMA. So I started it five years ago. Last year, it raised over $600,000. We've put out state um, uh, fair market housing studies. We've put out state economic impact studies. We seeded some state chapters. Hosts are like 1% or less. I mean, if we define property managers of a size of less than 20 uh, properties, they just have not participated. And so I, I get that you're telling me they are rent, uh, responsibly, if that's what we're going to call them on this uh, webinar, because we're keeping it clean. Uh, they haven't contributed to VRMA. They're not even on the collaborative committee, which is kind of ridiculous. If you think about it, the collaborative committee is the 40 largest stakeholders in the industry who come together quarterly and discuss the allocation of where money goes and also top issues and top areas to focus resources on. So, it, it's hard for me to believe that hosts are this engaged on advocacy when I personally haven't seen it. And I spend countless hours every week on advocacy. I think Steve, you're also I... attracting a different demographic to be fully transparent. Like the folks that are in VRMA are more of your traditional managers that have been in the business a long time. A lot of the folks that I know Eric and I work with it tends to be a younger demographic and it's just different. Like we had a thousand people at SDR wealth conference. I know that got poo pooed somehow earlier, but rent responsibly was there. You know what I mean? We talked about it. We went through a bunch of different things around that. So it's just a different way of trying to get to the end result. That's attracting a different demographic than BRMA is quite frankly. And I kind of want to, make a comment this is something amy and i kind of had a discussion about if i wasn't involved in the hotel world prior to me getting into short-term rentals or vacation rentals i would have never known about vrma vrma doesn't meet or educate or get into communities where they're at they're in my opinion a very old school organization that doesn't know how to attract this or even welcome this demographic i know there's been plenty of hosts that went to vrma last year and didn't feel welcomed at all and they're trying to learn and scale up and make sure that they're building a sustainable company. And they got pretty much pooped on the whole time or, or disregarded and looked down upon. And 
I, I think, you know, I would like to pose a question for you, Steve. How do you think, or if do you think at all that the organization of VRMA or any of these other type coalitions can even get out of their own spot and actually try to open up the door for people to get into this education piece? Because, you know, there's people like Eric, Matt, Michael, myself, who attract multiple audiences through multiple different platforms that I know VRMA is not hitting. So I would love to hear your thoughts on that. Well, VRMA is a nonprofit organization. So they're, um, in terms of what their motives are, um, they're nonprofit. Um, they're driven by a board and, uh, you know, there's an ability to uh, change the board over time as seats open up. I'll probably be uh, running for the VRMA board with a couple other folks who we'll see if we can help take VRMA to the next level. I will say when I first joined VRMA, when I had like 20 properties, um, I found it incredibly engaging and I learned a lot. And I also volunteered um, and I got involved in communities and committees. Um, you know, the, um, the uh, round tables are some of the most successful things at that conference. Uh, the one in uh, Las Vegas, we had like 600 property managers. The only restriction was you couldn't be a vendor. And so I'm not sure because I, you know, haven't been to an SDR wealth conference, what kind of education is there, but I will tell you at VRMA, part of it is, you know, advocacy is in the spotlight. I mean, we spent a lot of time at the, um, at the premiere of the conference throughout the conference. We even had an advocacy fundraising event throughout the show and it wasn't rent responsibly um, on there because they're not even involved in VRMA. So if you had invited, if, you know, uh, SDR Wealth Conference had invited people from VRMA or VTRIPS, we would have come and certainly provided um, extra help and education. But I mean, if you're interested in actually doing something that's sustainable, there's people that have actually done this. I mean, I'm the one who was involved in FVRMA. We got the first preemption bill in Florida back in 2011. And that's been a landmark bill that's preempted the state. I mean, the local governments in the state of Florida from regulating out vacation rentals in Florida. Now they can do some other things, but they can't ban vacation rentals and they can't uh, change frequency or duration. And those are the type of things we're trying to take throughout some of the other states um, that are friendly towards those type of regulations where we can eliminate these local governments from zoning vacation rentals out. Um, but so far to date, um, it's been very, very difficult to get the host to not only want to focus on advocacy, but donate money. They, it just hasn't happened. It, it seems like we're talking about two different things here, though, because like this conversation started on the hospitality side. Right. And we all know that the, the reason why we're experiencing as an industry, what we call the side hustle hosts, people coming into the industry is because of Airbnb. They made it so freaking easy to get in business, right? We could be in business. With, as soon as we have a property, we'd be online within an hour or so, right? And we're in business. So it's very easy to enter into the industry. But as a whole, what I see through, you know, the people that would go to a SDR wealth uh, conference are focused on growing real hospitality brands in today's standards, today's and they're focusing on a different different type of asset. They're focusing on a different type of traveler. And they're focusing on a different type of business model. 
where our business and it always has been since day one since i got into short-term rentals has always been a lean team technology driven experience focused right and focused on bringing these properties across the, the country if the, if not uh, around the world right so we're talking about hospitality versus are, are the hosts actually donating to support no no, no. i i started this i started the conversation saying that uh hosts were not in it for anything other than a quick buck uh and then i was corrected by saying well you're generalizing this and i'm trying to figure out again because to me if you're not in it for the quick buck if you're in it for the long term advocacy has to be at the center of what you're doing and uh that includes these different host related conferences and not just talking about the problems, but actually working on the solutions. And that's raising money, putting money into um, state coalitions, chapters, uh, economic impact studies, which we created for Texas. We created one for Florida, fair market housing studies to debunk that uh, short term rentals are driving up the price of, of housing um, and um, those are the things that will make a difference. If you're not in it for the long term, then you don't care about that stuff. So oh. I, I'm just trying to figure out if if hosts, if you're trying to tell me, well, there's there's a portion of hosts that are actually in this for the long term, um, then I would like to see them prove it through advocacy. Prove to me that oh. through advocacy, they're in it for the long term, not just for the short term, not just for the quick buck. Because by the way, if you want to talk about profitability, um, VTrips makes a lot of money, okay? And um, we've also put a lot of money into advocacy. This year, we'll put in over 400000 But um, we make money because we've learned how to run efficient and effective hospitality businesses. And um, But we also understand how critically important making sure that fair regulations are set for this industry are. And again, host not only most hosts are not donating money, most a lot of hosts are creating the friction that are creating these unfair regulations in these communities. Airbnb well, is just a platform. I would I would like to ask the question because there's a couple comments going out right now uh, from viewers right now. And I would like to ask the question because this is supposed to be a conversation of collaboration. I think at the end of the day, we both have different sides, but there is a mutual common ground. And I would like to say or think and hear your guys' opinion as well, that there are multiple, multiple ways to have advocacy, not just through donation, through VR, which no one like I, I'm not going to lie. I if I didn't go through the hotel side, I would never have heard of VRMA. I, I just wouldn't have. It's not something that I've been a part of. Um, what do you call those? Uh, Chamber of Commerce before. Nothing gets done. Nothing gets done. It's the same drama within people that have lived in that town for 30, 40 years. That's my experience. So if I want to generalize Chamber of Commerce and VRMA and all that stuff, I can, but I just know that's not the, tr the true case because there's got to be other ways of advocacy and education. I think a lot of hosts, when they get into it, one, two, five, ten properties, where are they getting their information from? And, you know, that's not really an organization like VRMA, in my opinion. So uh, there's there's got to be other routes of advocacy, and I would love to hear maybe, Matt, because you've played a lot of this um, conversation and role through your podcast and through your, your community. 
I would love to hear just outside of the kind of points that have been brought up, what, what other routes of advocacy are there that people can get started with to build up to the point where they can donate money and they can be on boards and have that time of freedom to, to be able to do that instead of kind of trying to figure out their business at the same time. For me, and I'm, I'm dog sitting two uh, bulldogs right now. One of them's name is uh, Biggie Smalls and the other's name is Nas. So if you hear barking, that's what's going on there. Um, for me, advocacy um, can take two forms, no matter how many resources you have, no matter how big your business is. Um, the first one is literally just showing up, showing up at the meetings that people are organizing, showing up to vote, showing up and making um, your presence felt. That's huge. And that's something that the vast majority of people don't do. It's literally just showing up and being part of the conversation. I think that is a fantastic starter. In fact, if you've ever lived or passed through a great neighborhood community, you know that everybody shows up to participate in the neighborhood's um, ongoings, whether they have resources or not. That's what makes a community great. So showing up for me is huge. I'm also a big fan of storytelling of telling the stories of the future leaders. I heard from Eric and Mike's side how perhaps stuck the traditional association side has, has been. But at the same time, it's really hard to cultivate thought leaders who are doing meaningful things. That doesn't happen overnight. And when you start telling stories and asking other people to tell their stories, and getting clearer on your story. And I, I find that that connects uh, with people in ways that uh, economic impact studies or podcasts maybe don't. Uh, so I would like to think that showing up and participating in local uh, advocacy efforts, even if you don't have a huge dog in the fight, it's your duty, it's your responsibility. That's a best practice for me. And if you don't live there, you need to be sending someone on behalf and you need to be contributing proportionally. I think that's something that really bugs uh, Steve and myself is people who aren't contributing proportionally to how much they benefit from a community. Uh, that's an issue. That's not a healthy kind of relationship. And on the storytelling front, refining really bright new voices that we can all be proud of that by the way, look very different from the voices that have always got up on stage. I think that's a huge area, especially for leaders spending the time to find new voices that have original perspectives and that maybe look and talk differently uh, than the classic demographic has. I'm a huge fan of storytelling. I think Matt, I mean, like you were, I first met you at a home away show and when that was when, again, that, that wave of the people coming in, Home Away, for those who don't know, who are newer, um, was a company that bought Verbo, eventually sold the Expedia, Expedia Sunset, the Home Away brand, and focused on their Verbo brand. So if you don't know Home Away. But back then, Matt, you were super instrumental in bringing the, the more individually, you know, the, the growing, the new property manager or the individually uh, the RBOs into the fold, you know what I mean? And bringing the, and pulling these sectors together. Does this seem familiar to you? 
I think I, I, um, I try to be as close to the ground as possible. And I find that there's a, a handful, a percentage of the new generation that is, wants to do it extraordinarily well, exactly opposite of what Steve was saying. There's some people who are building just, they're building a craft and they're building meaningful businesses with purpose. They're incredible. They really inspire me and they have unlimited energy tanks. Whereas a lot of the people who have been doing this for years are exhausted. Um, it's not the majority that I have met. It's a very small minority um, that's looking for something more meaningful, something that, that will last. And I think it's just part of maybe a generational thing. People my age and younger, we want things quickly and we don't have patience and we um, go for shiny objects. Uh, I think that's a, a trend about humans that I have trouble uh, in, in dealing with myself. That's hard to, hard to um, argue against. But yeah, it does feel like a, a shift in a similar way. Well, I think part of professional management origin is out of uh, real estate um, and broker houses. And again, you know, you can't just get a broker license by uh, starting a, you know, Airbnb account. It, you, you have to go through education, licensing, uh, to get to a broker. Sometimes it's a couple of years. Uh, and part of that is all the education you receive. And then you obviously become involved in, um, you know, groups. And, and that's what's really missing from the host. Um, I know Will seems pretty skeptical about VRMA. I'm not on the board, but Will, I mean, they raised $600,000, which uh, last year they've raised over $2 million since uh, we started the advocacy fund. Um, that's, I mean, I don't know what host have uh, generated, but that, that money has had really meaningful impacts in terms of stopping some of these um, issues going forward. And again, Texas is an example. Florida, we just got a bill through that's going to uh, allow us to fight against uh, bad ordinance and, and freeze them. Uh, that just passed through Tall Tallahassee. So, um, you know, VRMA is making a huge difference. I, I recognize their marketing is not great, but again, they're a nonprofit organization. They've done a heck of a lot more than the hosts have. Um, and um, again, I'm not on the VRMA. Uh, but I do work with them. I volunteer uh, a lot of my time. So do a lot of other people. And, you know, Matt, you made the comment, if you don't have money, then volunteer your time. I mean, we can't even get hosts to volunteer their time. I mean, one of the things, too, the short-term rental operators, like one of the things that's super cool is going back even before the Verbo wave, there was the realtor wave, and it was a very intentional business-minded wave. And that exists today. There is a new group of short-term rental operators that are building amazing businesses, hospitality brands. They're excited. Like you said, they're fresh. They have the energy and they're doing it intentionally. They're doing it intentionally and building them as a business, not starting as a hobby and then just growing, you know, that piece of it into, you know, one by one. And I love that. I think that um, that piece of it could really dramatically help our industry push it forward because they have buying power. They have the power to buy technology products and make them better and be able to, to help the industry kind of push forward past the stopping point. But I will say this is a warning to some of the people coming up. If you're 
dedicated to one channel, if you're only using Airbnb or that's the only way you're trying to get guests, I mean, you're, I'm sorry. <laughs> It won't work out well. Bring it. Bring it. Yeah, no, no. That's, that's, I think I mean, everyone on this call is open to that. They're like, I mean, right? I think everyone. Works yeah. out. Let me, from, from somebody yeah. who's ancient. Yeah. So the platform will start, they grow, grow, grow. They go public, and then all of a sudden, they're beholden to shareholders. So as much as Brian Chesky wants to go out and say he wants to go back to shared spaces, that board is going towards monetization. And so once demand starts to go down and they're not getting new customers, they have to they have to continue to grow revenue. So their next step is to monetize the platform. So fees go up. They start hammering down on leakage. They don't want reservations going off the platform. There's a lot of restrictions. Branding comes out. All the ways that people used to game the system start to get shut down. And then you have to diversify your distribution effort. And I think that one of the things that concerns, you know, the vacation rental industry going forward is this piece of it and leaving kind of a, a bad taste in the industry or a, kind of a black eye on short-term rentals as a whole. On the other side, you've got Sonder and DeCasso, right, who have tanked. And, you know, that's also a black eye on the industry, which is why you see Steve Milo out there going railing against Vacasa all the time, because he wants the market to know that not everybody is not profitable and and can't scale and all that stuff too. So I mean, like, there we've got two sides of this unprofessional host and monetization of the platforms on one side, and then you've got this massive like um, breakdown at the publicly traded companies who have tried to move forward in this industry. And I think that a lot of that, a lot of both sides, I think probably short-term rental operators that are operating professionally and trying to build hospitality brands and vacation rental managers who are trying to operate efficiently and build hospitality brands are feeling squeezed a little bit there. Well, I know for a common thing too, and this is kind of where I want to steer the, maybe the conversation for the rest of the time together is a lot of people are wanting collaboration. I think we're seeing both sides do want to see not a us versus them type scenario or narrative so how can the industry as a collective not just as hosts versus professional P vrms how can we come together and actually one learn from each other because i know hosts are pretty tech savvy compared to maybe some traditional vrms versus also some traditional vrms are very operationally efficient they're very up to speed on how to perfect the hospitality experience how to Form a true PL. None of us went to business school. I have 12 properties and I love my tech. I love being diverse on Verbo and Airbnb and Book Direct and all the other stuff, but there's a lot of you know differences and approaches that are out there. So from a perspective of collaboration, where where could outside of showing up to things um, that maybe people don't even know how to get to? You know, what, what are some routes that the industry can go from both sides of the aisle? Well, the big 10 is advocacy. And again, I mean, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. The RMA has a collaborative committee. Um, there's a process to being involved there. But any large STR or um, host or even company can join that collaborative committee. They meet quarterly. You've got the OTAs. All the large vendors are, are there and the largest property managers uh, in North America are there and, and that's a start, right? So being in one place where you have a common goal, which hopefully we have a common goal on unfair regulations or bad, 
um, is, is a place where we can get together. And then from there, you obviously are going to get the aspects of networking and understanding what type of education um, can be. I mean, part of VRMA is, again, as a nonprofit organization, there's slots for people to volunteer to be involved in education. And some may think the education is not the way they want it, but it's based on people volunteering. And, you know, I'm volunteered to be on the uh, international committee. I did the executive planning for the executive summit coming up uh, on Monday. Um, and, you know, it's, it's a volunteer organization. If you, if you want to be involved in VRMA, you want it to see it change, you think it's stale, then, then get involved and volunteer. But I mean, it exists as a nonprofit organization and it also exists as a way where it's raised a tremendous amount of money. It's also leveraged its size to work with um, Oxford Economics to produce these studies at a, at a discount versus going on a one-off basis. Um, you know, there is a lot of good to have a, a centralized nonprofit in the, in the field. So, you know, you can talk about what's wrong with it or you can do things to improve it. I'm going to run for the board. Um, I'm volunteer for organizations and committees. I've been on the board previously. Um, it's a worthy organization because it's 40 years old. It's got the staff and the resources to do a lot and it already has. So that's where it starts. I mean, beyond that, I guess we can discuss, you know, why STR Wealth uh, didn't invite the VRMA uh, or what did, apparently didn't have a slot available for them. I'm not sure. But I mean, if you want collaboration, people like me, I go to conferences if I'm invited. I went to the direct conference. Mm -hmm. um, you know, my schedule has to be open. <laughs> but if my schedule's open, I mean, I, I go to conferences. I was just in London because I was asked to go there to talk to European leaders about advocacy issues. So, I mean, I go um, a lot of time without charging a fee just to try to go and, and communicate and collaborate with um, people and, and share best practices. Uh, again, I mean, the, uh, it bothers me that hosts aren't aware of, of some of these issues we're doing. I'm trying to make a difference. And, you know, everybody I talk to, uh, on the conference planning side, I say, why aren't you holding an advocacy fundraising event? Why aren't you doing more? And Skift is actually going to have uh, an event in New York and advocacy is part of it. Tiffany Edwards is going to be a, a guest speaker there. So, I mean, IMN is going to have a, a regulatory um, uh, panel. So, I mean, I'm, I'm pushing like crazy to get regulation and advocacy pushed to the forefront to at least have one area where we all get together, but it also takes hosts wanting to participate and wanting to be part of a collaborative um, uh, committee, and and that exists. It's up to them to join it, and Rent Responsibly has decided not to. I think what I'm seeing is they're they're on BRMA, but I'm just going to no, they're yeah. not. They're not on the collaborative committee. I know. Okay. Okay. But that's a choice. What, what I'm going to say, I'm going to speak very blunt and frank. If yeah. you want more new hosts to join VRMA, make them feel welcome. We weren't on this call for more than 10 minutes before you started shooting shots at the new hosts and the conference. Like it's somebody mentioned it in the chat and it's true. It feels like it's this us versus them thing and it doesn't need to be, but it's like, it's like there's so many folks, traditional managers that have been in the game a long time 
that are like, excuse my language, but fuck all these new people that are coming in here and trying to run these businesses and everything else. They're pieces of shit. They're only in it for short-term money. That's bullshit, man. That's just labeling and it's generalizing. So like, if you want people to feel welcome, make them feel welcome. Be like, hey, like, we'd love to have you guys. Here's what we're going to do to actually shake things up and make these events fun and like have some entertainment with some education. Just like a little a little flair on it to attract that different demographic because I just want to, I'm going to throw it out there. There's nothing wrong with somebody that wants to have one, two, three, four, five properties and get out of their job. I'll be honest. That was my goal. Mm -hmm. I was a CPA for 10 years. I got my MBA, all that bullshit, but I couldn't be there with my son when he was on oxygen in the hospital because I was tied to a desk trading time for money. And so I got into this business. I will tell you straight up. I got into this business to build a business for money. But in order to make money, you have to do a good job and create a good hospitality business. Otherwise, you're not going to make any money. Mm -hmm. It's that simple. And there's a lot of people that are stuck in jobs right now that they don't like or they got laid off during COVID and they were looking for an opportunity and this opportunity came up. So those are the facts. I mean, the, the industry has shifted. It's a great opportunity for people. They're not going to last very long if they don't do it the right way. So that's what I'm trying to do is help as many people as I can do it the right way. And they, we just speak the same language. So it's just a different demographic. But if we're going to come together, there has to be this like pitch and catch of like, yes, you guys have been in the game a long time. Like show us some things and then maybe we can show you guys some things on how we've been doing it. And it's not like you guys don't know what the hell you're talking about. We don't know what the hell we're talking about. There's just this like divide of like, why does it have to be that way? One of the things this industry has in common is it's a bunch of rebels, you know what I mean? It is a, it's not, they're risk takers. They're people who think outside the box. That hasn't changed, by the way. It's just some people have gotten older and more jaded, I guess. But you know what I mean? Like, and your interests start to change where I'm seeing a lot of collaboration and hearing about it as I'm trying to get back in the game and, and talk to people is in kind of like the special subject matter shows like the ones about marketing or the ones about revenue management or the ones about um, housekeeping, the ones, you know, that really are focused. And also those little regional shows, not little, but you know what I mean? Kind of like our Branson event was had both there, you know, our, um, the women's summit, um, the, the one that the women's, the, um, the one they did recently about marketing and design. I mean, there's a lot going on that are not necessarily STR wealth or VRMA, that are really safe spaces, you know, for both people. And that there's a whole lot. The vendors love these new professionals. I mean, they want to expand their, their reach, you know what I mean? So it's like, it's a new opportunity to sell for them. They want to see us come together. Where I see that we've got some places to bridge is that hospitality side. I think that focus on the guest that, you know, I, well, I'm not sure what you mean about the, that, Hosts are more tech savvy than professional managers. I don't, I just don't know what that means. And I don't, I'm not arguing it on any level. I just don't, under, I don't know what parts of tech are being used that are not being used in, in VRM. But like, um, I, I think that the hospitality side is our next frontier. Like we've got, we can't, you can't just take people out of hospitality. You have to replace it with something. So it's mm -hmm. like, there's got to be a better way than the Airbnb messaging system to get into, you know, to, to to allow guests to interact with you know their provider or to, you know to feel like they're having a vip experience but to, to touch on that real quick 
to I, I think the hospitality side is the is the bridge between via, uh, vacation rentals and short term rentals. Like that's the common factor between all of us. Right. And you can't make money as all of us know, you can't make money in the short term rental space or the VR space without focusing on hospitality. You might be able to do it short, some short income and it's exciting. It's a firework goes off, but it, it's going to go out eventually. Right. So to Mike's point and also to Mike's point too, it's like, the fact that Mike is able to put together a conference and have a thousand new hosts of all different sizes fly out to Nashville two years in a row to celebrate this industry, to learn how to grow and learn how to grow real businesses. That's freaking amazing. Like that's absolutely incredible that the industry, this new young blood in the industry is coming together and say, Hey, we want to learn how to grow our companies. And it's not just making money because those side hustle hosts, yes, th that's out there. All of that fizzles out, right? And it fizzles out, fizzles out really quick. But I know for a fact, the people that I know that have gone to SCR Wealth Conferences, all, yes, they're focused on making money. That's why we're in business. It's a capitalist country, right? It's what we're focused on. But we're also, we can't grow a real company, short-term rental company without focusing on hospitality, right? And the people who don't get that, they're going to be out of business, right? And we all know that, right? So it's like, as an industry, I, I couldn't agree more, Amy. It's like, we have to focus on that as the common factor between vacation rentals and the new short-term rental industry that's co that's coming up. And it's like, there's a lot to learn there. Right. And also there's a lot to learn on the tech side, you know, like just the question alone of, you know, why are short, how are short-term rental hosts more tech savvy that alone? It's like what we're entering into with AI and everything else as an industry over the next two to 10 years is going to completely change the game, completely change the game. It's not just automated messages and automated pricing and stuff like that. The entire experience is going to change and the entire way that we connect with the guests is going to change. So I couldn't agree more. I think the hospitality side, we got to focus on that. I agree with VRMA as far as that leading the charge. It's been around for a long time, a lot of experience. Um, but to bring us together as an industry, we've got to focus on that. That's the number one standard. If you want to host one property or you want to have a thousand, it doesn't matter. We got to be hospitality experts and, and professionals. Mike, is SDR Wealth your show? Yeah, Bill and I are partners on that. Okay, I, I just wasn't aware. Um, I mean, I obviously, I didn't find out about it until after it happened either. You know what I mean? Like, so, I mean, I think that I would love to have an offline conversation. I mean, have it conversation with you about this i mean like i think that there are if nothing else for exploratory stuff right like let's find out where the differences are i mean i mean there's not a difference in the mentality of the provider mm -hmm. like that that hustle that happened with verbo it happened with the realtors before that it's going to happen with the next group who's going to disrupt your group down the road i mean i'm not sure i'll be here to write that story but like you know i mean it it will happen and i think that the idea, once you start um, implementing tech, it's very difficult to get off of it. Mm -hmm. Like once you have your, you know, a decade of business on a property management system and something else comes out, move into a new system. And Steve and Matt can attest to this is a very difficult thing to do. And so yeah. one of the, if you're talking about our industry being stuck, I mean, there's, it's painful. It's painful mm -hmm. once you've got 600 people or a thousand people. I don't know where you are with employees now, Steve, but you know, training uh, uh is a thousand and I'm happy to have another conversation on technology, but unfortunately I've got to jump in, in just a few minutes. 
Yeah. Well, and yeah, I think I've gone to VRMA. I go every year uninvited or unasked. I attend, I buy my ticket, I show up and I do my thing there. And I've done well, that. We're, we're going to try to get you uh, as a, a moderator this year, if I can help. Uh, so I haven't been to VRMA in two years. So I don't I'm really trying know. Get, <laughs> no, again, I, I'm volunteering. I'm doing my part to uh, make things uh, better which is what you do with a nonprofit organization. So you can either decide um, to kick it or you can make it better. Um, I've kicked some companies that are for-profit like Rent Responsibly, but VRMA is a nonprofit organization. And I would be happy to volunteer and, and get involved more if I was welcomed outside of uh, what has been done in the last couple of years when I've tried to do more, but haven't gotten it. So. Again, there's you know both sides to the story, and I at the end of the day, I think you know what we're all trying to do here, and I don't want to take up too much more of everyone's time. And I think more conversations like this is really healthy. I know we got a little heated, and it gets colorful, and we have opinions. And at the end of the day, I'm just thankful that you guys are all. I, I think this is a step towards more open-mindedness, and I'm willing to learn if we're all willing to learn. And I hope this industry goes that route. And I think you know none of us would be on this call if we weren't open to it at least to hear so i do thank you guys for taking this time and to state your opinions and whether they're colorful or not you know matt you've been pretty quiet which i'm shocked because i i know you have have some good some good experience in this industry but um you know, at the end of the day the theme, the theme of this conversation for me i remove short-term rentals vacation rentals hospitality it's this is about navigating change yeah in the new world and it's freaking hard for everybody. And it's going to get even harder. That's a human issue right now. Mm-hmm. And I think we're all on, the, on similar pages. And it's much more enjoyable to do it with more fun people who are smiling. So, yes, taking care of people. That's the name of the game. I agree. I love it. Well, would anyone like to have any closing thoughts or comments before we wrap this up and let everyone get back to their Friday evening? Uh, again, I'd like to just throw out that advocacy is the umbrella or the tent. If we can, I'm willing to do a lot on a volunteer basis, go places, help um, companies or hosts if there's advocacy and fundraising events tied to it. I recognize that it doesn't happen overnight. The first year for BRMA, our advocacy fund only raised 100,000. The fifth year we raised 600,000. So um, I'm willing to put in uh, a lot of time and effort to help this industry and help host and uh, companies that want to really make advocacy part of an education or part of a organization um, theme. Uh, I bet you Amy and Matt Lando also would. So we're, you know, I, I recognize I've come hard on some of these hosts, but uh, I want to also provide the willingness to come um, at no cost to help. So, uh, and that's what I'm doing this year. I have an event coming up that I'd love to have Eric, you and Mike participate in in any way that you felt that you wanted to. Um, I, I think most people feel that way. And I, you're, you're welcome in my platform. <laughs> I have put it that way. And I'm okay. fine. I have flair. Mike. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, well, I second, I second Steve's advocacy. Um, common threat. I just think about real neighborhoods, real communities that I know well, that I've watched over the years. And it's always a a threat, a common threat that unites people 
and solving that problem together because nobody else will. That's ultimately when it's painful enough, uh, that's where everybody comes together. So I agree on the advocacy uh, theme 100%. And Airbnb doesn't fight for you guys either. Like, I mean, they're out there fighting for the primary homeowner, you know, in these arguments. And it, it hurts a lot of these hosts that are not in commercially zoned areas anyway. They're in res residentially zoned areas more than anything. And I think that, um, you know, kind of depending on Airbnb to fight that battle is also a kind of a scary place to be. Yeah, well, I I agree. There's a lot of commonality here. That's the whole point of this conversation. So I I do thank you guys for taking the time. I, again, I know we're all busy, and I do appreciate Steve you taking time to volunteer and bring up a lot of the stuff that I'm not aware of. And uh, Eric and Mike, I know you as well, Matt, Amy, and you're coming out of your sabbatical moment. So thank you so much, seriously, for just taking this time it it truly is an honor to have this floor with you guys and have this platform so i hope you guys have a great weekend and a great rest of the uh you know evening as as it goes on unfold so yeah well thank you for, thank you for organizing this man this is a awesome conversation and i think uh i think we should have more of this right and it's like it doesn't always have to be uh you know, sunshine. Like I, I think great debate and like, that's how we grow. Right. So we have to yeah. do that. So thank you for putting that together. I'm, I'm down for, uh, any other conversations anywhere I can support the industry. Um, so, uh, yeah, I agree with everything that you guys said to this point. Appreciate it. And sorry for all the people commenting that we weren't able to get to it. It definitely went down uh, a little bit longer. So we're trying to wrap up to get everyone out. So appreciate it. And we will probably do a part two covering some of these cop topics and, uh, comments. So, Thank you guys so much. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you to our show partners for making Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast possible. We hope you enjoyed the show and we would love to connect with you outside of the podcast. So you can follow us on all of our social media channels for daily hospitality content or find us on slicktalkthepodcast.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. I'm your host, Will Slickers, and we will see you guys all again next week.